everybody, I'm Beth Davis, and welcome back to Teachable Tuesday, where every week we discover God's heart and are changed by His Word. We are right in the middle of a six-week series all about Psalm 23, and what we're talking about verse by verse is what it looks like to follow Jesus. The word we've been using here is discipleship, and it's just a, a fancy word for saying, how, how do we follow Jesus? What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? And I think there's a pattern that we can follow. We can learn a lot from Psalm 23. So join me, grab a Bible, let's read and let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, lead us. Lead us in this study of your word. Help us to hear your voice, to know your heart, to follow you. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, friends, last year, last summer, I walked through a bit of a dark valley myself. Uh, I'll never forget, it was the Feast of St. Mary Magdalene, and I started to have some symptoms. You know where this is going? I got COVID. <laughs> and in the beginning, I had a lot of courage, and I thought, I'm, I'm gonna make it through this. <laughs> this, is, this is not what I've been afraid it would be all this time. And I distinctly remember talking to Jenna on the phone as I went to get my positive test. And I said to her, you know, I'm just, I'm so grateful to God it's not my lungs. I'll take every other symptom. Thank God it's not my lungs. Well, it wasn't my lungs early on, but it only took a few more days for things to get much worse and to get much worse very fast. And soon enough, I could barely breathe. It seemed like, uh, other people who were kind of tracking with me on this sickness journey, walking through this dark valley with me, they were uh, slowly but surely improving, and, and yet I wasn't improving. But I was pretty used to having breathing problems, lung troubles, I've had asthma all my life, and so I don't really scare easily when it comes to breathing stuff I can put up with a lot. But I got to a point where I was gasping for breath just laying down or sitting down. I, I could barely walk across the room. And so I finally went to the ER and uh, as you can probably guess, I got a COVID pneumonia diagnosis. 
it turns out I was only getting about this much air in the top of my lungs. The, the rest of the x-ray looked like um, wall insulation, right? Just clogging up, just cotton, cotton candy, clogging up both lungs. And there were times in the midst of, of that sickness that in the middle of the night, I live alone, I would wake up gasping for breath, coughing, I, I couldn't, I couldn't breathe. And it was very scary and dark. And uh, I think above all, maybe what heightened it, what made it even harder was that I was alone. I felt so helpless trying to open the oxygen tank and put on the cannula and, and take my pulse ox. And I won't even tell you the number because I definitely should have been in an ambulance and gone to the hospital. But I just, I didn't know what to do because I was all alone. And maybe you have similarly walked through a dark valley like that. Maybe it wasn't your own health, but maybe a sick child. Talk about helpless and afraid. Maybe it's a work situation where you can't seem to get out from under it. There's so much stress, there's so much pressure. You're so afraid of what could happen or um, what is happening. You feel out of control. Maybe it's the devastating loss of a loved one and there truly is nothing you can do except to sit in it and and ultimately to walk through it to walk through that dark valley but friends that dark valley is not the end of the story there is a, a hope there is a light in the midst of your dark valley and mine and his name is Jesus. The Good Shepherd is with us in the dark valley, in the darkest valley of suffering, of fear, of doubt. We are never alone. That's the good news of the gospel. That's the promise of Jesus. Uh, that's the heart of Psalm 23. That's what's at the center of this life of discipleship. The most important thing is that you and I are never alone because God is with us. The Good Shepherd is with us. Now notice, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm emphasizing that word with. We're talking about Psalm 4 today. That's where we're verse 4 today. That's where we're zooming in. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know what? What blows my mind is that even though we're with him, there is still a dark valley. We do have to walk through dark valleys at different times in our lives. Suffering will come, fear, doubt, but we're never alone in the midst of that darkness because the Good Shepherd is with us. That word with, so interesting to me. Uh, I think when we talk about following Jesus, it's easy to imagine that he leads and, and we're, we're following, right? <laughs> we're bringing up the rear. Jesus is on a path, he is trailblazing, and we're just supposed to follow in his footsteps. But this word with, actually the definition of the word with means to accompany, to be accompanied. 
that doesn't mean in front of necessarily. And I, I wonder if maybe that's how you've been thinking about this walk with Jesus, more of a, a following and you've got to keep up this pace. That's true. He does, um, he does show us the way, lead the way. He is the way. And yet he walks with us. He walks with us. He accompanies us. Jesus isn't setting a pace that we can't possibly keep up with. He's not choosing the hardest route and, and expecting us to keep up with him. He's walking beside us. In fact, in the world of, of shepherding, at times the shepherd walks behind the sheep. And, and that's where I want to I wanna talk about the end of that verse, your rod and your staff they comfort me. Now for most of my life, <laughs> until this series, I never really bothered to differentiate between rod and staff. I kind of always thought it was weird that David used uh, two words to describe the same thing. Turns out a rod and a staff are not the same thing. A rod is a short, thick club. It's used to defend the sheep against predators. It's not used on the sheep. It's a protective measure, it's a weapon. The staff, on the other hand, that, that long stick with the, the crook, the curve on the top, that's used to gently guide or even to rescue the sheep. If a, a, a tiny little lamb wanders away from its mother, the shepherd will actually use the crook to scoop up that little lamb and bring it back to its mother so that its own scent, his own scent, won't get on the little sheep and, and the mother would reject this little lamb. It's so uh, thoughtful, so careful. If a sheep were to tumble down some rocks or, or over a ledge, that crook can scoop up the sheep and bring him back into the fold, back into the green pastures. But there's an even more uh, everyday use for a staff. Sometimes the shepherd walks behind the sheep and the staff serves to extend the arm of the shepherd. A, a shepherd might use that crook to just press gently against the side of the lamb, just getting it right back on track. I recognize that feeling, that movement in my own prayer. Just this gentle kind of nudging to come on back, to stay on the way. But maybe my, my favorite image of a staff and a shepherd and his sheep is when a shepherd will just extend the, the crook of the staff to rest it on the back of the lamb. Just so that the sheep knows the shepherd is there. The shepherd is with it. The shepherd doesn't have to speak. The, the sheep doesn't have to see the shepherd. Remember, the shepherd is behind the sheep. And yet that extended arm, the, the staff, is resting upon the back of the sheep. Do you know how, doesn't that feel good? Do you remember that feeling in your own life when someone comes up to just gently rest their hand on your shoulder? They don't have to say a word, but you know they know. <laughs> you know they understand. You know they're there. This is the movement, the, the security, the reassurance of a shepherd who cares for the, the, the peace and the security of the sheep that it's guiding. This is the, 
the shepherd who cares how we feel in his care. It's a mutual concern. Again, he's not setting this breakneck pace and it's up to us to perform, to produce, to keep up. No, he's walking with us. He's concerned with us, listening to us. But there are times in our life where we don't sense the shepherd. It would be nice to feel that that gentle staff on our back, right? It would be great to hear the sound, that rhythmic, um, expected sound of the staff walking along uh, the path as you follow the shepherd, something you can count on. But many times in the midst of the dark valley, we can't see anything. We're, we're disoriented. We don't know where to look. We can't see the face of the shepherd. And it's at these times that we have to rely on our other senses. That's what the sheep do. In the dark, when they're disoriented and they don't know the way, they're listening for that rhythmic tapping of the staff along the path. They're, they're, they're feeling with their whole body uh, for that, that um, staff to come along and guide them back. And they know, they believe that the shepherd is with them, carrying that rod in his hand, protecting them. Even though they never see it, they don't hear it, they hear the shepherd breathing. They even know the smell of their shepherd. They rely on their other senses to give them that security. And I wonder if we can learn from the sheep that when we're in the midst of a dark valley, that we would rely on our other senses. So how, how do we sense the shepherd in our own dark valleys when we can't see? Well, let's lean in to our other senses. And and friends, here's where it's so good to be Catholic. I mean, it's always good to be Catholic, but but the Catholic faith, our faith, is so sensory. We can hear, we can touch, we can taste, we can smell, and we can see in the Catholic Church. God knows our humanity. He knows our weakness. He knows we need help to believe. It's not enough to know, but we know here by experiencing in our whole body the presence of the shepherd. So if you want to hear the shepherd, if you want to hear his voice, read God's word. It's that simple. I, I think sometimes we think hearing God's voice is this like mysterious, um, audible, outside of ourselves, disembodied voice that will direct us. Kind of like um, the morning announcements will come on and, and suddenly we'll know where to go and what to say and what to do. But if you want to know where to go and what to say and what to do, grab a Bible. Every word of this book is God's word. It's his voice. Remember, Jesus is the word made flesh. So if you want to hear God's voice, read his word. And, and not just occasionally, not just when we're desperate for a word, but get familiar with God's voice. And you'll find even as you, as you marinate in the word, as you regularly read the word, ponder the word, the word has staying power. The word is a seed. The scripture tells us that God's word is a seed and it plants in our hearts and it bears fruit in due time. The Holy Spirit, the great reminder, he will bring back to our remembrance what we need to remember from God's word. That's what scripture tells us, that the Holy Spirit will actually call to mind God's own words 
We'll hear his voice as we hear his word. So get familiar with God's word. Get in a habit of reading God's word. I want you to be able to touch, to touch and, and to put your hands on something to give you that sense of the Savior's presence in your life, the Good Shepherd's uh, steadfast presence in your life. And I could give examples of, of many sacramentals, many sacraments in the Catholic Church to help you touch the reality of the Good Shepherd accompanying you in your life. But I want to recommend um, one practice to you. Uh, in fact, I feel like I've recommended it recently, but it's been so life-changing for me. I want to encourage you to pray the rosary. Uh, I want to encourage you to carry a rosary with you. Uh, I've begun to favor outfits that have pockets, dresses that wear pockets. Maybe that's not something new, but uh, it's become it's become important to me. It's utilitarian to me because now I can carry my rosary in my pocket, and and I find throughout the day when I'm I'm on a, a phone call where I just need the right words, or a moment where I'm feeling I'm frustrated or disconnected. Doesn't even have to be negative. I I can just feel kind of uh, like this. <laughs> I can feel um, kind of bored or, or checked out. I can put my hand on something and get grounded again. It's like holding the hand of Our Lady and I'm drawn up into the mystery of the reality of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. I can put my hands on his life. I can touch his life when I touch the rosary. I'm immediately connected again to Jesus's life, to the gospel. That's what we're praying on these rosary beads. If you want to smell the good shepherd, <laughs> not uh, the normal shepherd that you might smell in, in the hill country in Israel, but what is, what is the smell of the shepherd? For me in the Catholic church, the presence of God is the smell of incense. And the church knows we need that. Um, we're drawn into to the mystery, to the beauty. It even veils uh, our physical sense of sight because we, we can't see everything. And so we enter in through the veil, through, through that fog, that sweet smelling smoke. We watch as our prayers rise up and we're drawn in through our senses to the presence of God. We remember that the Good Shepherd is with us. Friends, you can, you can taste God. You can taste him. And scripture prepares us for this reality. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. As Catholics, we literally taste the, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. Beneath the veil, uh, under the appearance of simple bread and wine, it, it retains that accidence Right, it still smells like wine, smells like bread, looks like bread, looks like wine, but but the substance has changed, and so we can taste, we consume Jesus Himself, and we're one with Him. He is with us in the most physical, tangible, true way possible. He's with us in the Eucharist. If you need to see Him. If you need to see him, go to the Adoration Chapel. <laughs> go and, and lay your eyes on Jesus in the, in the Blessed Sacrament. It's truly him. It's truly him. That little white host, that, 
that humble uh, bread and wine that has become the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus, he's waiting for you in the tabernacle. And when you feel alone, you can go and you can look at him. This too, in our own homes, is, is why we have um, sacred art so that we're drawn up again, so that we're reminded when we're stuck in the mundane, when, when we're disoriented in the dark valleys of our lives, even of our daily lives, our anxieties, our fears, our worries, sacred art draws our attention. We're reminded again of the presence of the Good Shepherd because here he is <laughs> hanging on my wall. Here's a crucifix. We have these sacramentals as signs to remind us of the reality that the Good Shepherd is with us. Even when we can't see, we can see him. We can hear him. We can touch and taste and smell him. The Good Shepherd is indeed with us. You know, when I was, um, when I was recovering from that COVID pneumonia, and it was a long, painful recovery, uh, mostly because of the patience that I had to, to learn. I entered into that season as kind of a rehab time. And I remember I used to have to take walks. It was like I had to learn how to walk again because I was learning how to breathe again. I was strengthening my lungs. And, and my friend Kelsey, you know Kelsey, my coworker, <laughs> uh, was so good, such a faithful friend to me in those times. She would come to my little house and take me out for a walk. And we couldn't walk far. It wasn't much of a walk. It was more like a crawl for Kelsey, but it was like climbing Mount Everest for me. And I would walk 10 feet and I would have to sit along this little wall or just pause, you know, with my hands on my hips and, and try to get my breath again, try to expand my lungs that were so full of scar tissue. And Kelsey just walked with me. at my own pace. She gave me room, she didn't, didn't rush me. And there were times, you know, she would just put her hand on my shoulder and I knew she knew, even though I was embarrassed and frustrated, I wasn't alone anymore. The Good Shepherd was with me in Kelsey. And so this week I wanna, I wanna invite you to take a walk with the Good Shepherd. We're talking all about walking with Jesus, being a disciple, following him. Let's actually do what we do as Catholics and, and let's, um, let's recognize that, that body and soul are a unity. I want you to walk this week with Jesus. Just go for a walk. Go outside, breathe with him, talk to him, be with him because the Good Shepherd is with you. Take a walk with him. Let him lead, pour out your heart, and know that he is with you. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, bless you, bless you, bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for giving us such proof of your love and presence. Thank you for being true to your word. When you say, <laughs> that you're with us, God, you, you keep up, you're bound by your word. You're true to your promise. So be with us, walk with us this week. I pray for beautiful weather, God. <laughs> um, I ask you for uh, new 
and beautiful paths, maybe parks or, or your neighborhood. I ask for singing birds and rainbows, Lord, and cool breezes. I ask for a walk that truly refreshes the soul, not just because we're moving our body, God, but, but because we're with you. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, friends. See you next week for verse 5. Bye now.